Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of Christ for their entire Christian lives and show us patterns of ones that counted all things loss on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called The Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997. And we're pleased to bring you recorded excerpts from the life study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to give you our toll-free number that you may receive our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. That number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. What is your goal in life? Time management seminars are constantly telling people to prioritize their time according to their goals. But what is God's goal for us? Does our goal in life match God's goal? Today's life study of the Bible will cover pursuing Christ in Philippians chapter 3. And joining us to discuss this marvelous and wonderful topic is Dick Taylor. Dick, I think we're all uh, going to enjoy this program today, don't you? You can say that again. Everybody who's listening is going to enjoy this program. We have some tremendous verses for the broadcast today. Uh, let's open up by reading Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Then I'd like to give you a chance to uh, give a little introductory word to our listeners, Dick. Brothers, I do not account of myself to have laid hold, Paul writes, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I pursue toward the goal for the prize to which God in Christ Jesus has called me upward. Dick, give our listeners a foretaste of what we're in for today. What we're in for today is marvelous. If you pick up the governing principle from Philippians 3, which is just to pursue Christ and Christ alone and have no other goals, you know what will happen? All the problems in your Christian life will be solved. You know what else? What? You will be really made one with all the genuine pursuers of Christ. You know what else? What? The whole world will be turned to the Lord. You know what else? And what? The Lord Jesus will come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All from this one thing. That's right. This is a program we should not uh, miss, Dick. That's right. Let's get into this life study with Witness Lee right now. He's going to talk about, actually, Philippians 3.15, the next verse, specifically about the mind being focused on the pursuit of Christ. Let me read this one as well, Dick, and then we'll join our brother. It says, Let us, therefore, as many as are full-grown... Have this mind. And if in anything you are otherwise minded, this also will God reveal to you. Here's Witness Lee. What is this mind? This is the pursuing after the fullest enjoyment and gain of Christ. Suppose, no need to say all the Christians, just the seeking ones. If all the seeking Christians would only have this mind, a mind focused on the pursuing of Christ for the fullest enjoyment and gain of him, 
what an excellent and wonderful situation will be even here today on this earth. They are confused and the uh, complex situation among the Christians today is absolutely due to the one thing that so many Christians, although they are seeking, yet they do not have this mind. God has only set up one goal, but so many seeking Christians have set up goals after goals. We must have this goal. Christian life is a life so easy to be distracted. And all the things around Christians are just distracting factors. If we don't have such a fixed goal, a unique goal, a goal that has set up by God in eternity, if we don't have such a goal, if we don't see this goal, if we don't hold on to this goal, sooner or later we'll be distracted. Every day, every day, every day, some distracting factors around us. The only thing that can keep us on this way is this unique goal. What is this unique goal? Christ. For our highest enjoyment and the ultimate gain. We must take this as our ultimate goal. Then we will be preserved. Dick, let me echo his last words here. We must take Christ as our ultimate goal, and then we will be preserved. Amen. I think all believers would agree that Christ should be our unique goal. But we have to be fair and admit the situation, as he pointed out, among believers, among Christians throughout the earth today is confused, and it's complex and complicated, Dick. So given that backdrop, how can we practically take Christ as our unique goal? I would say, Chris, there's only one way, and that is to see that this unique goal is God's unique goal. The only way for us to be saved from all these distractions and complexities is for us to pick up God's goal. So that's why Paul unveils in Philippians 3 that we should only have this mind. We should only have this goal, and that is to pursue and enjoy Christ to the fullest extent. Yes, we maybe have enjoyed the Lord some and experienced him some, but we have much further to go. Mm-hmm. May we pursue and gain and enjoy Christ to the uttermost. And as our brother mentioned, if we do not hold this one unique goal which God has set up, which is Christ himself, mm-hmm. then we'll be just full of a life of distractions and confusions. So we must pick up God's goal And even Paul in this chapter, dealing with the believer's mind, is trying to adjust our mind back to God's central and unique goal, which is Christ himself. So may we all, as we listen to this broadcast and get into this precious portion of Philippians, allow the Lord to adjust our thinking and let this mind be in us. Then and only then can we be kept from the distraction and the confusion. So it's so good to realize that the solution to this problem of distraction and confusion is simply to see God's unique goal, and that is Christ and Christ alone as our unique gain and our unique enjoyment to the uttermost. May we pursue him. Let me ask you a question, Dick. You know, uh, I think most people 
would have a tendency to want to agree in principle. But in practice, I think the thought that comes to us, well, I will make Christ my goal and the pursuit of Christ our goal, uh, but I've got to get these things out of the way first. We have this problem and this issue in the church and this and that and dividing the believers or muddying the water. If we just, as soon as we get that all cleared up, then we can all take Christ as our unique goal. But the order there must be reversed or the confusion and the distractions will never be dealt with. Yes, we're all involved in many things, but whatever we do, And whatever direction we go, we must take this unique goal. We have to pick up many responsibilities. So in the picking up of any responsibility, may we take Christ and Christ alone as the unique goal. We'll be saved from all the problems. The world would be turned to the Lord, and the Lord could come back. Well, Dick, let's go on to the next verse in Philippians 3. Verse 16 says, Nevertheless, whereunto we have attained, by the same rule let us walk. There's a basic principle or rule that the Apostle Paul charged the believers to walk by, and that's pursuing Christ as our goal. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the next portion of our life study. Here, the word walk is a very specific word. It means the elementary principles become your walking. You must walk according to the elementary principles. In anything on this earth, especially in ancient time among the Greeks, some of the societies, some of the uh, organizations, they all have some basic principles. This was the apostle's thought. That is, to be a Christian, it is not an ordinary thing. To be a Christian, there are some basic principles, some element there. And this element should become our work. You just take this main thought, that is, we Christians in our Christian life do have some basic principles. And the major basic principle is what? Is to pursue after Christ. The principle of our conversion, the principle of our salvation is that we have been gained by Christ that we may gain him. This is the principle. And this principle must be basic, must be elementary, and must be governing. Christ has gained us that we may gain him. A.B. Simpson, in one of his best hymns, he says, Once was the blessing, now is the Lord. Once was the healing, now the Lord himself. You see, once was the gift, now the giver. Once was the power, now is the mighty one. A.B. Simpson saw this. The governing principle of our Christian life is just Christ himself. Dick, the governing principle of our Christian life is not all of these things, not power, gifts, healings. It's Christ himself. He mentioned a profound revelation that comes out of a hymn that we appreciate very much by a dear brother from many years ago named A.B. Simpson. He saw the truth that is being brought out in this portion of pursuing Christ uniquely. He said that in the past he pursued things, but he learned that things were not what he needed. What he needed 
was Christ himself. He needed the giver of those things and not the things apart from him. When so many ministries today, Dick, we have to be quite honest and say, are stressing a very shallow, a kind of skating on the surface of the ice. Uh, We really need to cut a hole in the ice and get into the depths here. We want to see Christ is the one who uniquely meets our every need. Give us, if you would, a little portrait of this Christ, the one that's under the surface. Like our brother mentioned, Chris, we were gained by Christ that we might gain Christ. Not things, not matters, not places, but Christ himself alone. And it's really good to see the controlling thought of the entire book of Philippians is that the Christian life is a life of pursuing the experience and enjoyment of Christ and Christ alone to the uttermost. It's so good to realize, like A.B. Simpson realized, that God's goal is not giving us things and matters, but Christ alone. Everything is in this dear, precious Christ. I was just thinking, Chris, that this Christ in Colossians, it says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's both God and man. He's the complete God. He's the perfect man. He became flesh 2,000 years ago in his incarnation, lived an awesome God-man living, displaying divinity through his humanity to the point where people, it says in the Weiss translation, were at a point of mental imbalance. They had never seen a man like this before. He died a marvelous, all-problem-solving death. He was resurrected in a powerful way to conquer and swallow up all death. And in that resurrection, he became a wonderful, life-giving spirit. He ascended. He's made both Lord and Christ. Whoever calls on his name, this one who's been poured out as the wonderful spirit, can come into you and be everything to you. Philippians begins in chapter 1, verse 19, with something called the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. God's goal, Chris, is not that we gain things or matters. His goal is not teachings and healings and uh, gifts and power. His goal is Christ and Christ alone. And today, this awesomely wonderful Christ is the wonderful, all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit. God doesn't want to dispense or give us anything other than Christ, who's the embodiment of God and who's realized as the wonderful, life-dispensing Spirit. So our desire in our daily life is to take this Christ is our unique goal. We would have this mind, not a mind for things and this and that, but a mind that is altogether focused on the pursuing and gaining and enjoying of Christ himself. I appreciate, like in Colossians, Chris, it says, Christ is really the reality of all the positive things. God doesn't want to just give us packages, like you pray for love, and he sends a package from heaven called love, or you pray for power, and he gives you something called power. Everything that God wants to give you is himself in Christ. May we have a mind to pursue Christ and Christ alone. When you get him, you get love. When you get him, you get the genuine power. That's why A.B. Simpson said, not the healing, not the power, not the teaching, but Christ himself alone. May we all pick up God's unique goal, which is Christ himself alone. He's the reality of every positive thing in this universe. He is the center, reality, and everything in God's economy. Let's gain Christ. Even while you're listening to this broadcast, I hope 
all of you would open your heart and just say, oh, Lord Jesus, I want to gain you. Hmm. Dick, we've been talking about this hymn and the thought that A.B. Simpson taps into in this hymn. I have just one stanza here. Let me read it. It says, once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Amen. Once his gift I wanted, mm-hmm. now the giver owned. Amen. Once I sought for healing, now himself alone. Amen. This uh, expresses it very, very well. This dear brother really saw what Paul was getting at in these verses. He, I think also uh, in his life, published a little booklet with just a one-word title. Do you recall, Dick? Himself. Himself. Amen. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the final section today. Here, in this book, Paul didn't touch the problem of the church. Paul didn't touch any problem concerning the church. But what he was burdened with was to show us what we need. It's neither this nor that. Just the utmost pursuing after Christ. This is what we need. I do believe Paul has really exhausted all the vocabularies to express what was within him concerning the Christian work. And the Christian work must be one to get in this one line. And this one line is just the pursuing, the pursuing after Christ, the pursuing. One thing, one thing. He mentioned this term at least two or three times. Just one thing. Only this. No other thing. You must take the fact that is a goal God has set before you. And a price God prepared for you. If all the saints would just have this mind, tomorrow the Lord Jesus will come. Christianity surely has lost its impact. Where is the remedy? The remedy, dear saints, is just the pursuing of such a wonderful Christ. If we just set up our mind here to pursue after this excellent Christ, we will have no problem. What can bring us together? What can keep us from so many nationalities? Only Christ. No other way. We must pursue our dear Christ to such an extent that we must count all these things lost. The Lord has mercy upon us that we surely may have such a mind to pursue after Christ to the uttermost and to work according to this elementary principle of our Christian life. And this elementary principle is just to pursue Christ to the uttermost, forgetting everything and stressing toward this one thing, that is the goal set up by God. Dick, I feel like we're hearing a word not just from our brother. I feel like we're hearing a word directly from the Lord today. I do too. The Lord is the great physician seems to be prescribing the same unique remedy for every problem. And that remedy, 
as it's described by the Apostle Paul here, is to walk in this way, where we pursue the excellent Christ. It Wasn't that something? He said, if all the believers would take this one unique goal, the Lord would come today. That's right. That was tremendous. Dick, there's another song that comes to mind, and I'll give it to you to make your final comments upon this line, another hymn. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. That's a very fitting song for this conclusion, isn't it, Chris? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. The Lord, through Paul, was really trying to bring us to this unique goal in his economy, Christ and Christ alone. I was touched with what our brother shared, Chris, that by pursuing Christ and Christ alone, we will really enjoy and experience the genuine oneness. Satan has cut the believers into pieces because he has brought in so many substitutes for this unique goal. We may do many things, but as we do many things, may none of them be a goal that replaces the unique goal. So the remedy to all of this division and confusion is really to be brought back to the unique goal, and that is to pursue and enjoy and gain Christ and Christ alone. I appreciate how our brother ended this word by saying we must have this mind, focusing there on Philippians three fifteen and 16. May this mind be fully infused into us. In fact, I was thinking, Chris, actually to pursue Christ, to gain Christ, to enjoy Christ to the uttermost is to love him. Just like uh, Revelation 2.4 says, I have one thing against you. You've left your first and best love. May we, as we listen to this broadcast, turn our heart back to the Lord again to give him the first and the best love. He would be the preeminent one in our life. He would be the unique goal of our Christian life, and we would walk by this governing principle. We would be people who genuinely have this mind. May we forget everything else, stretch forward, and pursue this marvelous Christ to gain him to the uttermost so that all the problems could be solved, we could be genuinely one, and the Lord Jesus could come back. Dick, uh, let me ask you quickly in a few seconds that we have left, your own testimony. Have you experienced uh, shedding problems and things that were perplexing by turning your focus away from those things to this unique one? Absolutely. I could not tell you how many times, Chris. I would say thousands of times because we're all involved in different kinds of problems and complexities. But as I turned my heart back and was adjusted in my mind, back to this unique rule and to have this mind in me to pursue Christ and Christ alone. All my problems were solved. That's why I have to thank the Lord for eternity for this ministry, because through this ministry, I've been turned to Christ and Christ alone to gain him to the uttermost, enjoy him to the uttermost for eternity. Now, because of all that he is, all that he's passed through and all that he's accomplished, we don't need anything other than Christ. He is God's unique goal. Let's gain Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dick. Amen. Uh, We'll invite you to contact us. We'd love to hear your testimony of what it's like to turn your focus back to Christ and how releasing and freeing and liberating and enjoyable it is to be focused on this unique one instead of all the things that occupy us so much of the time. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. 
And join us again on our next Life Study program. We continue on and we will cut another hole in the ice and get underneath the surface where Christ really is. Amen. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening today. Philippians 1.20, the Apostle Paul said, In nothing I will be put to shame, but with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body. How can Christ be magnified? How can he be made greater than he already is? Although he is great and worthy of all praise and honor, he still needs to be magnified in our experience of him. He needs to be enlarged in our practical daily living, and according to Paul's word in Philippians 1.19, such a practical experience is our salvation. In a series of messages given in 1978, Witness Lee conducted a detailed study of Paul's epistle to the Philippians, revealing its emphasis on the experience of Christ. These messages have been published in the book, The Experience of Christ, which is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, call our toll-free number 1-888-543-3788. Call today. <laughs>